Hey, this is a very special episode of Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Well, it's a 17. But it also kind of popped off the picture and onto my computer. So, but Hmm. I, I think we take it. Okay, well, as long as you don't think that's out of bounds for the dice. I mean, I can do another one. Well, (laughs) there's a lot going on on my thing. That's a 13. So, you know, we rolled with advantage. You take the 17. That's right. Yes, yes. That's that's the law. So we mentioned in the beginning this is a special episode, and Anne, it was your calculations that we first realized. (laughs) It was you who consulted the star charts and saw... What today yeah. would be? Well, I mean, I this is not my only podcast, so I have right. a calendar. <laughs> uh, it's a, this sounds like way more complicated than it is, but I have a calendar, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I figure out like, okay, when are when are these episodes coming out? So I know which weeks I have recordings and which weeks I don't, so I don't have to think about it. And mm-hmm. I realized as I was planning several months in advance that our <laughs> 69th episode, since I number our our release <laughs> nice. dates, was going to be on 420. <laughs> the stars have aligned. The Mayans knew this was going to happen eons ago. We are on their calendars. It's true. There's a little. People didn't know what it meant. There were like the three forms with like big things on their heads, and people didn't know. Yeah. And then a lot of little pieces that looked like dice. Now we know that they were dice, mm. but at the time, it was just heavily prophesized. So the, the McElroys may not have done their 420th themed episode. They may have just skipped it. But we are not. We are not skipping episode 69. Nope. <laughs> Loud and proud, baby. <laughs> so welcome, everyone. Nice. Yeah. Wait. We have to have a long pause for everyone to say nice to their to their yeah. to their listening device right now. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> it's like a moment of silence is a moment of nice <laughs> okay <laughs> that's really good okay enough. that was okay. exactly one moment yeah i feel like this is gonna be a, a very fun one it always is but this one it's gonna be good and there is so much to talk about mm-hmm. oh my gosh let me find my notes please do Ugh. we gotta hear what britney's written down <laughs> She's excited to reread. <laughs> well, and, you know, we do kick off right in, you know, typical Clint character fashion <laughs> where <laughs> he tends to do this thing where his characters don't always understand, like, human interaction and mm-hmm. things like food or gifts. Yeah. Um, Social graces. So, yeah, yeah. So we have a, well, a dinner. We have food. <laughs> well, we yeah. have something being made by Argo. So coming from someone who did live in a, a dorm room situation. Mm-hmm. It is funny because, like, you would have, like, little, hey, I'm going to cook making... dinner. I but love it's a that. terrible thing because you, <laughs> you're so limited on what you actually have. You know what, fair. So, yeah, <laughs> what do you make it on the hot plate? I had a hot pot that I would make uh, Velveeta shells and cheese out of. And oh. that was very exciting. And I also had a, like, a panini press but right. we would, I know, we would use it to make pancakes and um, oh. cornbread. Like, we got very innovative. <laughs> you so have to get creative. We would have 
dorm dinners, but yeah, they were always just pretty much the worst food. So I really <laughs> felt this on a molecular yeah. level. It took you right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had an electric kettle that I made uh, macaroni and cheese and ramen in. Oh. Yep. That, that was about the extent of the exciting food adventures that I was having in my dorm room. <laughs> Look at you girls. I never lived in a dorm, so I just had yummy food made by mommy all the time when I was in college. <laughs> Yummy soups and creams and whatnot. Creamy, sweet sweet. creams and treats, always for me. I did. I did. Admittedly, when I used the food service, which was rarely because uh, I had some bad and disturbing experiences with the food service that put me off ever eating there. Um, But there was like a a cafe kind of thing that wasn't the cafeteria, and the one thing that was safe to get there really was (laughs) frozen yogurt. So I had a a fair number Ah. of dinners in college that were literally just frozen yogurt. (laughs) I couldn't even (laughs) trust them to make a decent grilled cheese sandwich. It was very sad. Oh no. And that's the kind of thing it sounds like more of what Fitz was angling for. Mm-hmm. He would have been happy for that Froyo dinner compared mm-hmm. to uh, this whole scene was just so funny. Even like Justin talking about how oh he blood pudding so, toss it on the floor. Try again <laughs> next. <laughs> and the pepper stuffed peppers. What stuffed with what? Uh, smaller hot peppers. Oh, like it's so good. It's that classic McElroy just. Absolute absurdity. Mm-hmm. A very fun start. <laughs> yes. So what becomes like just an episode full of intrigue and mm-hmm. realizations? A lot of revelations. Yeah. It starts off kind of tricking you. Because mm-hmm. even right here at the start, uh, Gary and <laughs> Gary announces Argo's mail for some reason, which yeah. I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Argo, remember that secret thing you were waiting for? It's here. It's definitely, yeah, the ploy of the DM. Like, we have to keep things moving. We can't mm-hmm. talk about dinner for an hour and a half because we might. No. It, it might happen. Yeah, It might have yeah. just been the dinner episode. And you know what? <laughs> I would have enjoyed that episode too, but I'm glad for what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely felt like in the scene, uh, Jocelyn kind of tosses off a comment that I actually didn't hear the first part when they're talking about the food and, and uh, Fitz is complaining to Argo he, that he's in the background. He just goes, I've eaten part of my chair. And I was like, <laughs> he probably did, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's at least a bite taken out of it. Who's been eating the furniture? Fearful. No. Literally <laughs> gnawing on the scenery. That's our boy. Oh. Uh, I do also want to point out that I was totally convinced that that was <laughs> the fruit book saying he also wanted sweet creams and treats. Oh, I thought Fitz did a great job <laughs> in, in mimicking him because I was like, oh, that was surprising. Oh, my God, that wasn't him. <laughs> it's just Fitz now trying this new little funny thing where he imitates his friends and I'm here for it. Oh, it's incredible. Well, in fairness, like, even if Gary had not said that he had this letter, surely mm-hmm. in this, in this, I mean, I know that they, they had said, like, they sort of had separate rooms, but they're clearly all in the same room at this point in time. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way that Argo was going to be able to get away with reading, receiving this letter probably at all, and certainly not reading it, like, in total privacy. Like, he, he had to come up with some kind of excuse for why he had this letter, because I think that rogue or not, they would have been real up in his business about that this male. That is fair. Oh, yeah. Especially, yeah, since he shares with the fearful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I guess with that in mind, it was, I mean, if you're going to lie about anything, why you have to go read this letter <laughs> and you don't want to tell them about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, an imaginary girlfriend in Kanata is 
is a good one. Which, you know what, though? At the same time, I'm like, wouldn't that be great if she also really existed? <laughs> like Good Castle? All of these little lies that possibly are lies. Maybe well, and I will point out, I don't believe they ever genderfied it. The he, person. Oh, did he not? I, I remember they weren't for a while, and then I thought he said she, but I could be wrong. Oh, um, I didn't hear that. I'm not sure, yeah. I just know. I, I remember Fitz was very clear about, ooh, you yes. have taken a lover, <laughs> and who are they? And never, you know, <laughs> yeah. never presumes, right. which I found very lovely. Except for presuming it as a lover. <laughs> <laughs> and this seems like a bad excuse, but I, mm-hmm. I think that... Um, the idea that Argo would be really embarrassed talking about this, but but you know, like I, I think he I think he managed to play it off fairly well. I think this was believable, especially because it, yeah. it was the it was the kind of lie that someone would feel like maybe they they shouldn't pry into too much, maybe. Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. like they're curious. It makes them curious, which makes them distracted, you know, mm-hmm. from what the real reason might be, but not so yeah. much that they're going to like, you know, really get get into right. it. Yeah. They're going to respect him enough because it doesn't actually affect them. And yeah. it's like, if this is a thing he wants to tell us later, he can. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now it's just like, ooh, who is this? Who is this pen pal up in Canada? Right. Yeah, it's a fun thing to kind of percolate on, but not like, yeah. let's go diving in Cry. and find out what's really happening. Uh-huh. Let's see what kind of filth they're writing back and forth. Let's go. <laughs> and what filth it is. Well, and I really liked the way... Uh, Clint played this with the the stammering and the nerves. Mm-hmm. It's it's very cute mm-hmm. and it works well in this moment because he is genuinely nervous. Yeah. Exactly. I was just going to add that it yeah. plays to both the actual nerves that he mm-hmm. really doesn't want them to know who he is writing to and the nerves that you would have if you had a secret lover that you didn't want yeah. anyone to yeah. know about because you want to make sure it's actually going somewhere before you bring it up. You don't want to jinx totally it. Respect. I totally get this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a good lie because because it allowed him to play off what he was feeling anyway. Because if he tried to say Absolutely. like, oh, it's just uh, a bill or something, you know, like if he tried <laughs> right. to say that it was that it was something <laughs> silly or like, you know, I, yeah. I subscribe to this uh, video mm-hmm. by mail thing and I can't get them to leave yeah. me alone. Like, you know, if it had been something VHSs. like that, <laughs> then it would have seemed more suspicious. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shout out to everybody who remembers the anime on VHS. (laughs) But it isn't anime on VHS. Instead, it's a very quick response from Dendra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I love the idea of Fitz saying, Promise not to spy. Uh, Almost immediately followed by him hearing it's from Dendra going, Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Which was hilarious. And we do. We learn some important things from this letter. Mm -hmm. The biggest one being... That an anonymous benefactor mm-hmm. paid for Fitz to go to the Wiggenstaff school. Yeah. I'm uh-huh. sorry. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Somebody mm-hmm. wanted him to be there. Uh-huh. See, I thought the most important information was that he slept with a blankie named Mr. Blanks that's, until that's, he was seven. That's note number two. Important to know. Keep mm-hmm. that under your cap, Argo. This is Mr. very Blank. in character for someone who now has uh, a security crab, I would say. Oh. <gasps> That's right. You just get cuter every time. Also, you get more terrible every time. We'll get more into that later. <laughs> I love him, but also, you know. Fair. Uh, but this letter, it really does give us a lot in mm-hmm. how he's behaving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, with the idea that Dendra had said, she's, I don't think he really got along with the kind of the fancy pants yeah. kids at that school. Hence, 
why he puts on so many airs now. So many He's airs. Such a try because, hard. <gasps> so do mm-hmm. you think he went into the night school like being honest and like, hey, yeah, my dad like drives caravans or whatever. And uh-huh. my family doesn't have, you know, we just grew up in this little town. And they yeah. were like, oh, you're a fucking loser. Don't talk to us. And now That's he's exactly like, oh. exactly yeah. how I see it. And uh, then he knew like, ooh. Okay, like now I've learned. Not be a loser. (laughs) He came in a sweet summer child and he left a salty winter adult, and now he is, he knows (laughs) what he's got to do. He's got to put on air, fake Mm -hmm. it till you make it. Fitzroy. Poor guy. It makes you wonder was he bullied? You know, did he feel like, (laughs) right? Because I mean, he, he, he trusts people, but he also kind of doesn't. And he you doesn't. sort of wonder, like, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be somebody just being kind of distant and not connecting as well. Or it could be somebody who wants to connect but has had problems Learned. doing so in yeah. the past. Yeah, that it didn't yeah. go well. Especially, I liked that Travis kind of um, gave Dendra, like, a little bit of a southern accent. A like, just I have a little that. bit of salt of the earth, kind of, just to make sure Very that we cute. know that... Mm-hmm. Um, there's no yeah. there's no fanciness here. There's these are mm-hmm. just regular these are regular people. Like he is he is from a fantasy trailer park, effectively. Yeah. And even just like the way she spoke, she seemed very just like a mom. Like you're fr- yeah, you know, she's yeah. it was very mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, like oh well she this sounds so fun. She wants to help him out. She uh-huh. she's so glad to hear that her her son has friends at this new school. Mm-hmm. It was very sweet. Dentra seems immediately like somebody you would like very much. Mm-hmm. And she did give him three pieces of gum. <laughs> so appropriate. And this took me back. So Nell and I had a grandmother who would send gum with our birthday cards. Oh. And I remember the birthday card would smell like gum. <laughs> and it was just so nice because it was always like a pink bubble gum. Yeah. So this very much harkened back to like, I know exactly what this feels like, what this would be, and how that would smell. And I don't know. It, it was just very visceral to me. <laughs> I love this. I love that. I don't, I must have been too little to remember. I don't remember that, but I'm glad you do. And that's mm-hmm. adorable. Thanks, Grandma. <laughs> well, and then, like you would do after you got that birthday card with this precious gum inside, you got to roll to hide that letter, which I really <laughs> liked. I like that it was like, I now want to make sure this is hidden. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. not even in such a way that, like, Fitzroy might come find it because I don't think Fitzroy would go looking, but who else might come find yeah. it? Right. But how funny would it be if Fitzroy did look for it and had <laughs> like, the idea that this is his lover and it's his mom? Oh no. Oh my god. Rut row. <laughs> I would die if he's like, now hold on a minute. <laughs> Your girlfriend from Canada is my mom? <laughs> She doesn't even live in Kanata. When did she move there? (laughs) Argo. (laughs) Amazing. But as it turns out, Fitzroy's not even... He's moved on to other things and literally (laughs) has moved on to other foods. Yeah. Having run out and gotten Burgers Kings. Yes. Burgers... What did they land on? King's Burger. King's King's Burger. But then he kept calling it Burgers King. Yes. It kind of went back and forth. But it was great. Well, I think this, uh, like this, this stuff, which I know was a bit like with Fitz and food. Right. I think knowing his character's background, I I like how those mesh together. The idea of the the bit about his obsession with like crepes and like sweets, and and also that he does not like this food that Argo is making. It's too spicy for his delicate sensibilities, and he wants to get fast food <laughs> instead. Like this seems like um you know somebody who came from 
not means that like the thing that they would pick is like the fanciest thing they could think of would be crepes you know yeah Uh yeah Um, like what's a fancy food yeah french too yeah but then not really liking necessarily fancy food either that he's he's put off by this other stuff (laughs) and Mm -hmm. wants fast food instead yeah Anne, look at you go. I love this. <laughs> Anne, we're going to hang out on a second show where we just come up with a headcanon for all these characters. <laughs> this is great. So really psychoanalyze it. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing that uh, I really loved is that apparently Fitz is the toucan Sam of Spicy Men's Hot Mint Gum because he <laughs> he smells it right away. Follow your nose. I find that I find that believable because like if you if you had any of those kind of like old school stick gums that came in the foil, yeah, like that stuff, yes. it has a really strong smell and it it'll like cling to you, you know, like you don't mm-hmm. you don't have to have like just having it anywhere near you because as soon as they started talking about it, I got this like sense memory of like. Uh-huh. Of gum, you know, especially if it's like a cinnamon. Or yeah, something. like mm-hmm. the uh, what was it called? Like big red or something. There was a red gum that was oh, like oh yeah, big red, big red, yes, double mint gum. Because big red is also gonna... a soda in the south, which is why I get confused. <laughs> yeah. uh. was it big red gum then? Yeah, is is it big red yes. or something else? This is our yes, because with big podcast. red, like it was a yes, that was yes, the yes, commercial. Yes. That's, and then there was the was double your flavor, of. double your fun. That's a statement of the great men of double mint gum. Of course. What other, what other jingles some, have we got? I don't know the jingle, but I'm going to go for some. Were they Zoo Stripes? What was the name of that one? Yeah. Fruit Stripes. Uh, Fruit Stripes. Yeah, they still make that. What? You can still get it. They, they have it at, uh, like, I know oh I've seen God. it at, like, Joanne. I keep almost buying it and then not doing it. And I've then you remember, it. it's two chews and you're out. I'm going <laughs> to get on left. GBay right now to try to get some Fruit Stripe. <laughs> <laughs> the the having G Bay and then immediately having the answer of Garfield Bay was everything. I'm so glad that moment happened. It made me laugh out loud each time I listened to it. Oh, and it's such a clever way to try to pull him in. Yeah. yeah. Come on. I mean, if this is a shared universe, Homeboy is here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Even it makes when sense. we were in Amnesty, Homeboy, I guarantee, was here somewhere. Mm-hmm. But he immediately got shut down. Yeah. <laughs> Cannot. But it's okay, because now there's Gary Bay. Yes, Gary Bay works. <laughs> now, this did make me think that we ha- don't, we still don't have a name for our dimension hopping kitty, right? Correct. Okay. I just, I was thinking of possible famous cat names. Um, we could do... I mean, Sylvester, of course. Felix. Of course. Felix, Felix, Felix is good. Definitely. Uh, Why can't I not think of any cats? A Tom. Tom. They did do Tom and Jerry's at the store. Oh yeah, that's true. But that was Tom and that Jerry, was the like cat a, and the mouse working at the store. That was like an adjacent. Was that an adjacent uh, goof or was that like? I I'm thinking it's an adjacent one. I'm thinking there's always some sort of merchant cat that is a cartoon cat, and then maybe okay, also if we that's have him. Then this yeah, I guess interdimensional cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This is this is a this is a question that we don't that we don't have an answer to. I I kind of wondered early on before before uh-huh. that bit with with Tom and Jerry whether or not the like phasing in and out magical cat was like going to become something but maybe not until the very end that it was just going to be like oh everybody mm-hmm. wanted this to be a thing and I didn't necessarily want it in the story but here's this little wink at the end, you know? It could be. It could be. We've seen them do similarly before. Mm-hmm. Just very invested in cats and gum. <laughs> it's a winning combination. <laughs> and with this gum, it's really sweet. Uh, this is Argo taking this moment to start opening up. 
Yeah. As he's, you know, he does give the gum to Fitzroy and starts being honest with how he's feeling. And I... I like that he started playing this because it was a thing that he could have held on to and just been like, no, no, I don't want to, I don't actually want to have to have this discussion. And mm-hmm. as much as he's opening up, Fitzroy's still being guarded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was trying, he still had to do a deception role for this, right? Even though he, wow, did. he didn't get it from yeah. G-Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Because he yes. still had to do a deception role in this scene. So, I mean, I think there's this ongoing question with Argo of, you know, I think that he, he may be very good at, it using the truth in the place of a lie but then the question mm-hmm. is if you're using it if you're using it with ulterior motives is it actually the whole truth mm. hmm. so i don't know i still don't know if i like completely trust that this is really um an honest thing that he's saying about feeling left out like maybe maybe the feeling is honest oh, but his reasoning huh. is not or something like i'm just yeah. not sure that we're ever quite getting the whole truth from him well and it harkens back to his uh, blame-taking class. Yeah. Where he True. said that, that the oh, best yeah. lie has the truth in it. Yeah. Yeah. And so almost, and we see that time and time again, almost every time that he's telling his lies, there's a lot of truth woven in. So you can't, you can't tear it apart. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you only tell somebody the truth when you're cornered and you need it, that's not the same mm-hmm. as being honest, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. You're not being forthcoming, certainly. Well, you know, I feel like I've let my ships blind me, um, seeing that sun on the horizon as I sail. I think I've let it blind me. But I really like this idea that maybe Clint is playing everybody and playing this so well that he's just, it's seamless. It seems like Argo is feeling this way to the point where he told Althea and now is telling these same thing to these boys mm-hmm. and if that's all a ruse this is genius <laughs> i'm surprised argo is the big bad <laughs> i can't have that i mean the mustache gave him away uh, it did he does have a mustache <laughs> never forget never trust a mustache <laughs> you can't you can't is it a beard is it not i mean you just can't trust <laughs> it <laughs> but i really like that idea and i feel like we keep getting that this sense that Kind of anything that is said in this one, I don't trust. You can't fully trust any of it. Mm-hmm. There's like everything that comes up. It's like, yeah, but what if they're lying? <laughs> yeah, but what if? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, it's a thing that I didn't fully get listening to Balance. Yeah. And of course, with Balance, you weren't necessarily working through each one and writing notes and discussing yeah, right. it at length. And certainly not with Amnesty. I don't think everything was a like, ooh, no, but who can you no. actually trust? With mm-hmm. this one, it is constantly like, what, now wait a minute. Yes. What if We're he so jaded now. <laughs> oh, yeah. We've learned. Very much like Fitzroy. It's like, no, no, no. So I now will not we be played again. are the salty winter adults. That's right. <laughs> uh, but I will say regardless, whether or not this is him continuing this very deep ruse, mm-hmm. or if it's real... And, you know, even shipping aside, I really hope these two are able to get closer in the end, even if it's just like a, you can finally come clean with everything. I think that would be nice for these two characters, because they're obviously the most tense of all of them. And what a weight lifted. Ugh. Well, and they are about to come clean on something, because in the middle of this conversation about whether the fear bulk is making more money than Argo (laughs) in their organization, uh, they turn around and he's not there. So there's kind of there's kind of no choice. Oof. Fitz has to tell Argo what's going on. Uh, 
And it's so good. It's such a good moment. And that he just kind of kept going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Fitz was still like involved in this conversation he's having mm-hmm. with Argo and kind of like forgets that, oh, it's bad if the furball is suddenly Oh gone. my God. So good. The sudden realization. Uh-huh. I was like, oh shit. And then, and then we do get some nice insight into fugue state for Bolg. Yeah, yeah, like what he's witnessing mm-hmm. and not witnessing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like sounds like a very weird experience. Like the uh-huh. sort of disconnected, like disconnecting from the world slowly, uh, which seems like yeah. it would be very frightening. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, I really liked the just the different sensations he's getting. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like a mishmash, and uh, of course, it was cute to get the little moment of you can hear gary say buddy and it's like okay yeah they're on it they know Mm -hmm. yeah this was a good description from travis i thought yeah well done trav and sure enough that gary sends it back to the boys room where that little gary is then like hey for some reason you're supposed (laughs) to go get the fear bulb and that's where then we have fitz being like okay listen Mm -hmm. you're not telling me shit and i'm not telling you shit and we both know it but right now we gotta go Mm -hmm. yeah and Fitz is off. He's got to <laughs> go get his boy. This was another great visual of stealth checking, hot stepping, <laughs> like sneaking around campus. Again, like I can't wait for the cartoon to come out because it's going to be very good. <laughs> oh, it's going to be just genius. Dandy stepping all the way over. Dandy stepping. <laughs> And somehow he comes out of it feeling even more powered and like, let's keep going. And then the thought that then Argo follows up totally out of breath. Just winded. Maybe there's something in Fitzroy's technique that he's just, you know, he'll have to share with his boys later. Well, you know, I mean, Argo spent a lot of his life on a boat. You can't really get, you know, those kinds of like long distance cardio stuff is probably not. mm. He was not running a lot of marathons on a boat. Absolutely. And, you know, I do imagine one because obviously obviously but two because Fitzroy you know was a ninth and I'm like you know this dude is like in great shape Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not all plays he's hot is what I'm saying so anyway (laughs) uh So they get to Hegel Miss's office. Mm-hmm. Wait, yes, that's his name. Yes. I kept being like, what are anybody's names? I don't know why I have such trouble with the brothers who, who <laughs> run this school. <laughs> I do want to point out, they did have the outside Gary put his little fingers <laughs> in his ears to turn off. And I was just thinking, wouldn't that be funny if that's what the uh, Gary and Hegel Miss's office does? Yeah, the, uh, that whole uh, conversation yeah, about it being this incredibly powerful magic. And it was just uh, sticking his fingers in his like, ears. It's like, hey, would you mind just not listening? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> just, it's it's going to be it's that very easy. Very specific magic. <laughs> I love it. The those. magic of friendship is really what it is, which is the most mm-hmm. powerful magic of all. So uh, I do like that Gary has fittingly become the little darling of graduation. <laughs> uh, second only, I think, to the best Dribble. darling. Oh, no. Oh. A Snippers. Of course. <laughs> Sweet. <'Cause>, little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Argo does very, very well. He definitely is able to pick this lock. But then, luckily, Fitz wisely is like, hold on. Mm-hmm. Let's send my boy in there. Oh, I mm-hmm. love their little exchange, his and Snippers. That's what makes him so sweet is the interaction <laughs> that he has with Fitzroy, that Fitzroy has with him, I guess. is just like, go, my little man. <laughs> <laughs> Calls Quiet himself for daddy. daddy. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. Also, 
I imagined Snippers being bigger than he is, but I, guess, I was like, I guess if he's literally a crab, I was imagining like, you know, when you're playing like Warcraft or something mm. and you have like your pet and it's, they're big, like they're still little, mm-hmm. but it's like, like a foot tall or something, yeah. like a, like a Pokemon crab, like a crabby. Oh, I was thinking oh, no. like, uh, like maybe saucer size, you know, like, cause crabs get pretty big. So I was thinking of a yeah. large crab. I think, I think Travis was envisioning okay. a smaller crab than, than See, I would. I mean, I you was know, thinking, lots of different kinds of crabs. Yeah. About yeah. the palm of your hand, maybe a little smaller. And I don't know how big his palms are, but uh, when I was in Curacao, I did have a crab roommate, oh. and he, he was very small and very loud. And I would get a little irritated at night when it was. Was it? Wait, was hang on, hang on. Was the crab supposed to be? Was it like included in the hotel package? Was it supposed to be there? I mean. It certainly didn't pay its rent. Was he up all night watching Conan? What's happening? Why was he up so late? <laughs> he was just a little busybody. I think he had a lot of things to get done. Okay. You have not answered whether or not this was a room and a crab kind of deal or whether it was just like wildlife that happened to be there. Well, I will say I didn't read all of the fine print, but I mm. do think it was um, a little bit of a room crasher situation. Got it. And he was just holding what over. Do you, what do you call those? Who's the squatter? That's it. <laughs> it was it was definitely, I think, a squatter situation mm. by my squat little crab friend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it. They're just a couple inches tall. So this one is able, of course, snippers to go scurry under the door, <laughs> get a look at what's going on in there. And yeah, their boy is in there. And Hegelmiss, of course, we don't know what they're saying, Mm-mm. but it's not looking great. So yes. now the question how do we get in there? Or even better, how do we get them out here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they start out being pretty smart, right? Because they check yeah, the they door for magical way. traps. <laughs> they yes. send Snippers in. They instruct him to be a quiet crab. Yeah. So they're they're planning ahead. And yet, by the time they get to... And now we have to ha- come up with a plan. Argo mm-hmm. suggests that they fake being mind-controlled. And Fitz considers <laughs> yeah. arson. So yeah. <laughs> I'm really not sure, like, what happened between... So they're they're good at, like, the beginning of the plan, not necessarily yeah. so good at the conclusion of the plan, which I not, guess, you know, they haven't yeah. graduated yet. I guess that's fair. Mm-hmm. Sure, they're still learning, still learning. This is this yeah. is plans 101. They have not gotten to the conclusion part yet. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't. And here's what I really do like about this whole episode. We get such good tonal shifts mm-hmm. because it's, it's goofy. It's cartoonish what these boys are out in the hallway trying to figure out the blundering around like okay i'll set a small fire <laughs> you know when the door does open and fearbulg and higglemiss are coming out it continues to be goofy and there's a lot of back and forth and all of a sudden then the fearbulg is over it and the mm. tone shifts yeah. entirely yes yeah that was hot yeah Can i say that, that was hot <laughs> excellent I insist. excellent delivery by justin mm-hmm. when his character's are screwed over. He pulls no punches mm-hmm. and gets a uh, so intense and yes and correct a uh, very hot. <laughs> it's hot. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I'm I very much enjoy um Justin's character's kind of to some extent being I don't want to say comedic relief because I think that's that's really reductive, but it, it, sure. I think I think he plays off of that a lot like the He's kind of naturally the, the comedy yes. like maybe not the most competent one or you know mm-hmm. like he 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 uses their uh their character traits as a as a springboard for other people to make jokes, I think. Um I think just that's like perfect, instinctively. Yeah. But mm-hmm. 
as soon as he then takes the character and is like, okay, no, this is where I am in serious mode and you are not uh-huh. going to fuck with this person. Like it, yeah. that, that switch makes it so much more powerful and it makes it, it yes. makes me believe it more, especially because he's, yeah. he's a really good performer. So, you know, I don't want to, uh, to like minimize that, but he's so able to change the tone of his voice while still being in character where you're like, oh, okay, no, this is actually, I can understand why in the universe this would be intimidating because this is clearly yes. a different version of this person. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This person is already like respected and revered mm-hmm. in, in some ways. And, and usually it's just because he's your quiet friend who you can trust. Yeah. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh, well, now he really means business. Yeah. Now he's summoning Shillelagh. Now is <laughs> yeah. the time. Girl. This has been my experience with real people, too, that, like, the people who don't get angry very Summon often. Summoning when they No, no well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, like, when they get angry, that's when you should be very concerned. That's, yes, mm-hmm. that's when it's actually scary. The person yes. who's going off all the time, who cares? Whatever. Yeah. It's nothing new. <laughs> right. When Fitzroy gets upset, it depends on what's happening. But usually it's fine. The fear ball getting upset, that's something to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And the boys feel the same way because, you know, I really loved this, that it wasn't until Fearbulk, like, takes a breather and, like, calms down and says it's okay that Fitz and Argo do go into the office. Yeah, But, like, they wait for him. They're not waiting for Hagelmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely suspicious in how he's, like, you know, come into the office. Just get in here. Just come in here and let me talk to you. Like, nope, bad things happen in that office. (laughs) Right. He will not go until the Fearbulk says, no, it's fine. Yes. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And then it's like, okay, if he's if he's saying it, because even then it's still tentatively, they do go in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just really reaffirms that for both Argo and Fitzroy, they they know full stop that they can't trust each other right now. But they both trust the fear ball. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Even mind control, they trust him. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, Argo checks to see if the fear bulk is okay. It's yeah. just, it's very, I love this realistic energy and characterization mm-hmm. we're getting from all three of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the this was a, a small detail, but that Justin says that um, that he's standing at full height, which he never does. Yes. And the uh-huh. idea of this like really oh. large, really imposing character who spends yeah. all of his time trying to be smaller. Like I, yeah. I thought that was really like that is a detail. Like if you if you only knew that about this character, it tells you so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, I cannot wait. For the animation, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's going to be very good. Oh, those little details will just sing. Mm. And now it's time. We're going to spill this tea. Come on, oh. Mess. <laughs> Zone of truth time, I think. Mm-hmm. Girl, I wish one of them had it. <laughs> that would just, it would, it would clear up a lot of things. It real. Oh, my God. Merle, you always used it when <laughs> nobody really needed it. And then sometimes when we truly did. It would be super helpful in this campaign. Mm-hmm. Listen, you know, sometimes Zone of Truth is the friends you make along the way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sometimes Zone of Truth is just a furball that is no longer mind controlled. Mm. That's the classic saying. <laughs> <laughs> so here is the tea. It starts off with an insane, just explosion of a bang. A demon prince mm-hmm. attacked the Wigglestaffs 50 years ago. <laughs> Fitz's response is like, the story kicks ass. (laughs) Immediately. Why are you hiding this from us? It's so dope. Keep going. Every start of the year should start with the story. Come on. This is his new favorite show on Netflix. Uh, He is tuning in for sure. Coming back next week. You better believe it. Uh, And when he attacked, when this prince attacked, they thought Hieronymus was dead, mm -hmm. which is important to know because now we know. 
Indeed, the little doggy was a person this we whole time. Called it. We knew I it. Was, I felt so vindicated. Finally, yes, yes. finally, something has come to fruition <laughs> that we were like, no, pretty sure the dog is a person. Yeah. So that is why I had to go back and listen because I was like, I know we said the dog mm. is a person. Yeah. I couldn't mm. remember if we had said specifically, I think the dog is Hieronymus. Well, we wouldn't I have don't... said that because because right. as far as we knew, he was there. Although Hieronymus is in here. hindsight, I am a little bit mad at myself because I knew when he when Travis said that the dog's name was Hero, I'm like, Hero. there's uh-huh. a reason for this yes. name. There's clearly this yes. is a clue yeah. of some kind, and I just can't figure out what it is. And in hindsight, the well, I mean, it would that would have been a pretty wild theory for me to come up with. I guess right. to be like, oh, hey, we are convinced that Hieronymus. the dog is a person. What if it's Hero because it's Hieronymus, and there's also mm-hmm. another Hieronymus who's not really him? That would have been yeah, wild. <laughs> it really would have been because yeah, these pieces were here, but it wasn't. Too, too obvious. It was mm-hmm. just enough to be like, what is happening here? You had some of the puzzle put together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't open a psychic just... hotline just yet, unfortunately. Not just yet. <laughs> We're still working on it. It's podcast specific, unfortunately, which is not really very useful. <laughs> By our next season, though, this is boding well for next season. That's that's for sure. We'll for sure get the murder of that time. Mm. Uh, it is fun, though, when the joke guess is the right guess. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh. Job. Griffin <laughs> did sound right. genuinely surprised. I think he was. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> okay, so now we know. Yes. Dog is a person. Vindication. Mm-hmm. Dog yes. is Hieronymus. Ooh. Well, then I had jumped. My galaxy brain went to, oh, we've never seen them in the same room at the same time. Mm-hmm. Higglemus is transmogrifying himself into Hieronymus oh. to convince everybody. And then, of course, that was very quickly dashed. But I was like, oh. but that was That's a fun little theory. I would not have come up with that. Because, of course, yeah, I went immediately to, like, oh, shit, then is this demon prince Hieronymus? Is this, like, who is this now really creepy Hieronymus? Yeah, that's not, it's very ominous now. Like, this this person Uh who's in the school who's pretending to be someone else, and we don't know who they are or why they're pretending to be him, or, yeah, that's definitely, I mean, it could be an imp. Who... I guess. Uh, Right. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking with the news of this demon prince. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, and now we're dealing with imps, whatnot, and a hospital and a chain devil. And a lot of this, I don't know what realm they live in, but that's where I'm like, oh, is this all just minions of whoever this prince is? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely like um, in terms of sort of putting the pieces together retroactively like it did make the the chain double showing up make more sense and it also like the stuff early on uh about about Higglemas like never leaving his office and sort of using these projections Mm -hmm. and stuff something was like oh okay so it wasn't just that he was sort of a hermit for some reason because of a falling out between the brothers that it was way more complicated than that uh-huh. I know. He just lives here all the time Ugh. to protect himself and Hieronymus mm-hmm. because nobody can know. That's it. The people who tried to do this think Hieronymus is dead. They don't know he's a puppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't know it, that he's protecting him in here. So they can't leave lest whoever is doing this finishes the job, mm-hmm. which is also why he had to then go to such lengths to try to... We learn, of course, he's trying to undo it. And this mm-hmm. is why he's like, okay, I. we learn he did get the Fear Bulk's permission to do this and have him bring him the, the elements he needs. But then at the same time, having to constantly wipe all of it from his mind because it's such a big secret and it's so dangerous mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you have to go to extensive lengths 
to keep it under wraps. Right. Well, and the idea that, of course, the Furbolg cannot lie without exactly. dire circumstances <laughs> taking place with his sore mm-hmm. tummy. Oh. <laughs> Poor baby. Because, yeah, we learned that this spell uh, is becoming permanent. Mm-hmm. This spell that's mm-hmm. been put on Hieronymus. And, you know, that was, I like that they played it off with, that's why he, he had the fear bulb look over the dog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, he's normal. It's like, uh-oh, that's bad news. Yeah. And at the same time, then now we know that, yes, that hawk was Leon. <laughs> Absolutely crushed it on that one. Got uh-huh. it. Doing a victory lap right now <laughs> with my microphone in hand. In hand, you're doing the dandy step. It's helping you keep your breathing pace. You're you're doing great. But now we know that, yeah, Leon also agreed to this. Mm-hmm. He is spying on purpose. And apparently wants Fitzroy in on it. Yeah. Right. Was trusting him enough. That is an interesting move that he gave him that brooch. Mm-hmm. I do want to learn more about that. Yeah. And see, it, it, yeah. But it makes sense. Mm-hmm. When we go a little bit further and we talk about how the Godscar chasm is emitting all this yes. wild energy, wild magic, which yeah. is only found in one other thing, which is Fitzroy, and nobody knows why. So you know Higglemas does need him in the fold. Yeah. Yes. And I sort of yeah. suspected that maybe the reason he hadn't brought him in immediately was that he didn't trust him. And that maybe mm-hmm. maybe Leon's well, involvement would? was the point <laughs> that he got to where he started to trust him and think that maybe he could tell him what was really going on. I mean, okay, it's not yeah. just a question of who he trusts, right? It's a question of who he wants to put in harm's way. So, exactly. I mean, I think it's fair that... that um, He's being secreted partially to protect himself, but it's also a lot about protecting them. And, you know, I mean, these are these yeah. are kids, like, especially because he talks about how old he is. Like, yeah, to him, they're even more and... kids. Like, they're they're so yes. young and he doesn't they're really babies, want. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, you wouldn't want um, you wouldn't want them to get hurt. Of course right. not. Not these little newborns. Of course not. Barely especially even seen the world. <laughs> There's still so much to learn. And, you know, especially with something that is right now still out of his hands. So mm-hmm. it's like. He doesn't know for sure what he can do. It's scary to think of bringing in other people, yeah. especially some who are even way more vulnerable than he is. Well, mm-hmm. and whatever they're up against. I mean, there's this demon prince, right, who's obviously yes. a really significant threat. But this stuff with the Godscar chasm, the fact that it, it's mm-hmm. only it appeared overnight. It's only been yeah. there for 50 years. And it yeah. somehow like they were able to affect everyone's brain but like his he's the Uh only person Mm -hmm. who knows that it wasn't always there i mean you're talking about some i mean that's like beyond any any magic that anybody should be able to do right so they don't really know he doesn't really know what they're even up against right and i do wonder like when you said he was seemingly the only one who remembers it not Mm -hmm. being that way if it's because he was in this room filled with charms all around him Mm -hmm. i wondered about that as well if if that was really yeah It brings up a lot of different, yeah, there's that thought of, did he save himself via his charms and words? Mm -hmm. Um, What does the Unbroken Chain know about it? Because they also talked about 50 years ago. (gasps) That's true. And what does the hog know? Because they have brought up that, you know, mind control is a hard no. Uh Uh-huh. But if this thing is mind controlling everybody. Yeah. mm -hmm. Who's and if everybody's mind controlled, truly is anybody mind controlled? <laughs> <laughs> That's the big question here. Write it up on the murder board. Oh, That's we can start, start session. updating this board. Defo put a picture of Leon next to the bird. Put two pictures of Hieronymus up there. Use the B roll for the second picture. <laughs> like a goofy fun pic we have of him. That's the real one. Put it next well, to the we dog. Put the dog. Yes. Yeah. 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 Go. Mm-hmm. 
the fun pick where like it's a little goofy but he still looks very handsome that one goes oh, next course. to the dog picture uh put a demon prince up there yeah just a question mark and like right handsome question mark <laughs> <to it. laughs> definitely like a silhouette with horns though that's the big question <laughs> with like a crown balanced on them yes but again this is a, another section where we get a really great tonal shift because well, we have Argo, who now I'm just like, oh my god, might be constantly lying about everything. I don't know. <laughs> and Argo offers outright to assist and being like, well, the fear bulk shouldn't be the only one having to do this. And he does say for a moment there, like, essentially he doesn't want his boys going alone for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now again, you've put it in my head that I'm like, I mean, he might be bullshitting all of us. I don't know anymore. <laughs> I've made you paranoid. I feel bad. You really have, but that's, you know what? It just adds, it's the flavor. It's the flavor. But even to that point where it seems so sort of sweet, we then shift again. This time it's Fitzroy keeping it real and pushing back and being Mm -hmm. like, we're trying to save your brother who's a dog. Why? What is in it for me? I like that it isn't just a quick, yeah, let's all go along with it and help out. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and he points out that that's kind of the biggest thing he's learned in that school. Uh-huh. What's in it for me? What, yeah, what do we mine? get out of this? Ooh, yeah. Turning those tables. And at first, Higglemas just kind of plays the heartstrings. He's yeah. like, yeah. my brother's the best. And he, like, I truly love him. And he is truly good for this world. And I mean, really, just that he's a real <laughs> new hero. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the part of the context here is that the the school didn't used to be like this. The world didn't used to be like this. It's more than just the mm-hmm. god's sarcasm and like this threat of evil or whatever. Yeah. The heroes used to be heroes. That it didn't used to be this like this like show. It, this... it wasn't capitalism before, basically. You yeah. Know? Um, <laughs> yeah, that it wasn't like that. And and I'm I'm sure that uh, it it would be. It would be frustrating to try to explain that to someone, right? Especially in, yeah. mm-hmm. in inside of this school where they've been telling them that that's not what it's supposed to be like. Right. Because I think that uh, Fitzroy does have, he has the concept of, of ideals. Like he wants, he wants to be this idealized figure, but I don't know that he, he actually it's... has very strong ideals as, as indicated by how good he was at being a villain, basically, you know, yeah. like he's, he's able to switch sides so easily. I don't think it's really yeah. coming from his internal compass. It's more of a, you know, what serves him in the moment. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess what serves him in the moment at this point is that he's basically will, he was willing to do this like for extra credit. <laughs> And he ends up getting a whole diploma out of it. So, you know, <laughs> it reminds me of the moment. This is what I wrote down in my notes. Do you, I don't, Anne, were you very familiar with Dexter's Laboratory? A little bit. Yeah, I watched it some. There's there's a D&D episode where, like, they're trying to get this goblet or whatever the whole time. <laughs> and they finally get it. And, like, the other boys are like, oh, they get, like, these magical, wonderful prizes. Because Dee Dee is their dungeon master. <laughs> and... Dexter just wants the cup so she gives him the cup and he's like great what does it do she's like well you can drink from it and it will never spill and like that's what that reminds me of of like well you could be a hero but you just want a diploma okay here's your diploma who cares (laughs) (laughs) well Argo shows the true heroism and saying you know I'm in I'm I'm definitely gonna do it yeah he's in and Furbolg then (laughs) comes in and says like this is gonna play out great for your quarterly report it's gonna look so good on his report Well, admittedly, I mean, so, like, in terms of the Fearbulg wanting to be involved, I mean, we get, you know, sort of backstory on uh, his 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 ethics, um, yeah. the things mm-hmm. that he's learned from his people, that there's very much this self-sacrifice is kind of the wrong word, but, like, this is very uh, not self-serving. Yes. I was yes. selfless. It's, it is selfless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's a greater good mentality. And do you think that Justin comes up with these quotes on the fly? I don't know. I, don't know. I wasn't sure. I, I was debating fiercely about that, whether he had written something down. Yeah. Uh, you know, like in his character backstreet that he wasn't he wasn't sure if he was going to use this backstory and then he wound up using it or whether it was on the fly. Hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I was I think that my head admittedly went to knowing that he's such a big Magic Tavern fan that I wondered if he did make it up uh, mm. because, you know, he's he certainly listened to people make up a lot of nonsense language stuff and i and i sure. wonder whether or not you know kind of rubbed off on him or i mean whether it was something i he would had prepared yeah i would believe it if he was able to just kind of come up with it on the fly i just wondered because mm-hmm. it's yeah. impressive i'm curious too like if they if well we'll say when when they do uh the the adventure zone zone for this yeah. that, that's definitely one that i would be curious about yeah that'd be a good one to ask it's a nice, easy, quick answer. Mm-hmm. And the true answer is he has gotten so into character, he learned the furball language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing, Justin? He's like uh, Doug Jones, the genius <laughs> right. character actor who just like learned Spanish to be in uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Incredible. <laughs> Doug Jones. He's the Doug Jones of podcasts. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's learned... <laughs> He's learned all the furball language. Yeah. He's learned everything there is to know about accounting and financials and whatnot. He what is else? The Doug Jones of podcasting. Well, he while he's podcasting, work with he's, his body. he's covered in leaves uh, while they're recording. <laughs> we can't yes. see it, but Just he knows really they're there. Probably mm-hmm. chewing on a piece of bark. Or his chair. Yeah. Or his chair. Whichever's closest at that time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the good news here is... One, these boys are all in. Two, Fitz can get his craft supplies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now we know we have, we do have one of these brothers. We could so be like, oh, cool. I can just ask you for stuff. Great. Yeah. I'm so glad he remembered. Yes. <laughs> he needed that. Can you here, sign this, here, An initial here. Okay. This was okay. such a, like, an in-character moment of them being kids that basically yes. then they just, once they find <laughs> out they can get something from an authority figure, they're just asking oh, yeah. for nonsense. <laughs> The permanent hall pass. Oh, my God. Furball is so excited. <laughs> and may I just say, I love that his friend Derek from shot class. <laughs> it's, I have it's, to assume it's the cat. It's absolutely the cat. The kitty Derek told him about it. And even the way Trav immediately played back, like, oh, that is a legend, was just, this is, oh, God, this episode was so fun. Well done, it's boys. so good. Has Derek been tweeting hashtag the zone cast? Was he included Every day. in the ah, <laughs> I think so. He got in. Congratulations, Derek. But yeah, I'm glad we get to have a little bit of fun with Higgleness. Because I will also say this. Of course, not only... Well, first I was trusting Argo and now I don't. Um, but even when Higgleness was telling his story, I was like, I mean, this could all be bullshit. Mm. Still, always. Now I'm yes. like, everything. All of it everything. could be bullshit. Who knows? It was very, it was very heartfelt. <laughs> Never trust anyone. Don't pet cats you don't know. We, we will say it over you. and over again. <laughs> that's our own. We'll have to get that translated into a fear bulk so we know how to say <laughs> we'll, it in another We'll just language. have to ask Justin. He'll have it. Mm-hmm. I really think... Higglemiss is being honest. Mm -hmm. You just, again, you never know. But with that in mind, and in wanting to trust him, yes. I'm glad we get to goof around a little bit with this Mm -hmm. guy. When Fitzroy's (laughs) kind of trying to hold it over, I'm like, well, we, you know, you need us. And he's like, hey, I am very powerful. Don't don't be a little (laughs) shit. (laughs) I'm so glad. It's good to laugh again. It's great to laugh again and just have some fun and pet this the headmaster of this very powerful school. <laughs> rub his belly. Give him some good belly rub. He loves it. <laughs> and the quest is thus. 
Because, of course, they've all agreed. So finally we get to know what is it? (laughs) What is it we've actually agreed to do? Yeah. What's our next step here? And it is to steal a magic apple from Mm. two warring herds of centaurs, Mm -hmm. which sounds both awful and simple in how you might be able to do it. But, of course, nothing's going to be simple in this world. They're going to come up with some off-the-wall, run-around reason (laughs) on how to get this apple. Well, they already came up with the one of, we'll have another bushel bushel. of apples. Uh (laughs) We'll just dump it on this apple. Then they won't know which apple it is. Mm -hmm. But we will. (laughs) How? They don't explain. (laughs) But So the big thing about this is, Normally, the tree, it's a sacred tree, assumedly, and it produces two apples every year mm-hmm. that then the two herds share. One takes one, and it uh, it represents balance for them. And and uh, this goes back to what Nell has been saying of, like, eh, I don't fully trust this because Higgins claims that the centaurs only see the apples as balance, and they don't know the magic or the power within it. Mm-hmm. Is that even true? Mm-hmm. Right. Is he just saying what he needs to say to get them to do this? To get them to do what he needs them to do. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to find out more about these two clans and see if, like, I don't know, even, like, Hernandez. Is he, like, a Firenze situation in the Harry Potter world where it's, like, usually centaurs have their clans? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, is he a loner for a reason? Is he a loner? I don't know. Regardless, I'm excited to meet these centaurs and see what they're about. too. Are they all handsome? Mm. I almost called him Ferenc. But more importantly, Fearbug, are you going to be able to do this one? And he is stressing, but the other boys insist we can help him. (laughs) You just don't talk. I am glad that they decided that no, no, no mind wipe for the Fearbug. It's going to be a challenge. But we're going to keep an eye on him. better for him to know what's going on yes. versus being yeah. in the dark and being confused. 100%. And having, because we could see he was very angry and upset. And we don't want that. We'll just keep him safe. We will keep an eye on him. <laughs> one of them can distract him while the other one lies. This is, this is how you work together. This is, mm-hmm. they this is a beautiful relationship. And it is yes. very important that the three of them work together. As well as possible because they cannot tell anyone else. Nobody right. can know about this. <laughs> and I would like to point out before oh. we move on to the other thing at the end uh-huh. of this episode. Yeah. That uh, he tells them to tell no one. But yeah. in the beginning of this conversation, Higglemas says that this is a decision he's offered to many people many times. Mm. And that implies that he has asked other people have, have found out some or all of what is going on. And he has asked them if they want to help or if they'd rather have their memory erased. And they must have said that they wanted to have their memory memory erased. I mean, there are probably a Mm -hmm. few people out there who are helping him because he does mention that he has these spies. And obviously we know about Leon. But I do wonder, did Buckminster turn him down? Because we assumed that it was done against his will, but maybe it wasn't. Oh, yeah, that charm. (gasps) Mm -hmm. I think you're totally right. Oh, my God, put it up on the board. (laughs) Uh, Put a little note under him. Okay, perfect. A little coward, question mark. (laughs) I do recall, and you talking about, because you you know Buckminster from years past, and you did Mm. say he was a little cowardly. Oh, definitely, yeah. Mm -hmm. He doesn't doesn't Ah. really do heroic things unless he has no other choice, I would say. So I think that totally tracks. I had forgotten about that. Love it. Yep. Definitely. Now underline cowardly and put a second question mark. I think he would argue he's sensible, but. (laughs) Argues sensible. Okay. Wrote that down. Yep. 
Depends on how you look at it. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's I, I now that makes total sense. I think that must be the case. Or 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 he's been in league with the uh, whoever this other imposter is. Whoever else is working. <gasps> yeah, there's definitely a worrying like, question of whether or not uh-huh. if Higglemus has allies, uh, how many allies yes. does the bad guy have? Oh my gosh! Right, you guys. I cannot wait until they are confronted with Hieronymus at any point. I'd yes. have to pretend <laughs> that everything's fine. Oh my God. <sighs> I'm so excited about it. I'm already stressed about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we now have a, for an episode full of answers and ah, uh, finally coming to light, there's so much more now. I just straight up do not trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazing. Well done, Travis. This is a good one. Oh. And we're not even done yet because holy shit, nobody can know about any of this. <laughs> But Fearbulb has been wearing this bug the whole time. Oh, my God. I totally forgot. I totally I, forgotten that he had I did that too. bug. As soon as he, like, gasped and said the bug, I was like, yeah, just yeah. screamed. I, I chucked my phone down <laughs> and I stepped on it. Yeah. Well, so. guess we're going to find out whether or not we can trust Althea. Uh, we ah! might have to kill Althea, you guys. <laughs> just, I'm just saying, Fitzroy, get that fire ready. Oh, there's just, there's so much to add. I know we literally just said that, but I'm just overwhelmed with, I, I want to go back. I want to go back to every interaction with Hieronymus and Ooh, see what yeah. is, what's the subterfuge, what's happening. He's the one that moved Fitzroy into the villain track, know, yeah. got him all elevated. Mm-hmm. Why? And maybe what's it was to get on? him away from Hegelmas. I don't mm-hmm. know. I want to take a second look at everyone in the Unbroken Chain, see who yeah. they hang out with and talk to. And Jackal had him steal from Hieronymus, right? He took the pin, the box, <laughs> the pin that said Sassy on it. <laughs> oh my, what? I don't even remember this. How do I not remember this? <laughs> we made that up. Oh. <laughs> but he did steal something, I think, from Hieronymus's office. He He? stole something from one of the offices. Yeah. So now we have to go, ah, boy, we have to go back to the notes and and try and remember all these details that we thought maybe weren't that important because they are. Everything is important. It It is all important. Well, and I think that that's the brilliance of this one. Uh, It it seemed so softball for a lot of this. Like it seemed a little like not and not in an insulting way. It almost. No, just like more playful, I would say, and not as high stakes because they they, just by by nature of the setting, it was it was going to be kind of lower stakes. Yeah. And I feel like this is similar to like the way I I hate to keep using it as like a go to, but it it just kind of fits. But like how the first three Harry Potter books are like fun, like you're Mm -hmm. just kind of along for this like children's ride. And then (laughs) you get to the fourth book and all of a sudden shit starts breaking real bad. And so not to the exact same extent, but you do hit a point where you can stop and go, wait, all of that stuff that was just kind of fun and like, yeah, toss it on the murder board. We'll come back to it later. Now it's like, oh, go back, go Mm -hmm. re-examine the stuff that we were not necessarily paying too much attention to before. And I think that this is where this story is shifting more and more into like, no, there's so much here. Uh And now it's a matter of trying to unravel all of it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Not to break the fourth wall. I really wish we had an actual murder board right now that we could be like, okay. (laughs) Maybe we can make one. Set it it up on on Trello. Mm -hmm. I love this idea. Well, and with that, is there anything else we want to add before we wrap this one up? Oh, there's so much. I know. (laughs) 
I do want to point out something we kind of passed over. It was a very there and gone. But when Clint, aka Argo, brought up that he was using blue tunic to cook, I thought that, <laughs> that, was, was, that was very cute. cute. Oh, I completely missed that. I'm so sorry, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. He's always got those little, little additions. Mm-hmm. And one more thing. Yeah. Um, the word choices for uh that uh Higglemas uses banana nutmeg sounds delicious yeah <laughs> and cinnamon strawberries some reason sounds like something you would say instead of cursing like, <laughs> oh, oh, cinnamon, cinnamon strawberries, strawberries like mm. it is now yep <laughs> i was thinking they were uh they sounded like um uh, bath and body works products of some kind <laughs> oh. Maybe they were his favorites back hundreds of years ago. They don't carry either one of these anymore, but <laughs> once upon a time during the um the Temptations line, those were two of the flavors for sure. <laughs> I can say that so confidently as a former employee of Bath Works. <laughs> they were short-lived and there was a bunch that smelled like food and god, I loved them. Yeah, a lot the, of people, no, didn't I, go people for them. talk about those. I've seen people talk about those. They were so they yeah. They had all sorts of them, and you could get them in the, like, three-in-one that was, like, somehow a shampoo and a body wash and a bubble bath. Oh, I remember that. I had, well, I had a dice. holiday body the wash. The chocolate one. You wanted to eat it. There was the chocolate one. The, they had the gumdrop one during the holiday. That one, I think mine was, like, amazing. it was vanilla. So, like, it was, I think it was supposed to smell like cookies, mm. maybe. It was, like, a limited edition holiday thing that um, yeah. my brother's ex-girlfriend got for me. And then, ah. like, I was so upset when I ran out of it because I didn't know it was was limited like and then i couldn't get anymore and i was like i still miss that body wash she was just using it (laughs) willy-nilly there was oh i think maybe in that same line there was uh like a gift set called pop fizz clink and it was like celebration one Mm. and it's gonna sound goofy and you're gonna be like yeah no kidding lush but it like smelled like quote champagne and i i still have like a little bottle of lotion for it and i think i have a little spray bottle (laughs) that i only use like during like i use it during comic con i use it when i'm like doing something special <laughs> like it's like a fun celebratory fragrance for me because i love it so, so you much. have to wear it on monday oh yeah good call maybe i'll see if it's if it's somewhere i can easily get to it i'll wear my pop fizz clink um because yeah it smells so good and they don't make it they haven't made it in years i probably should not be using it but i still do you gotta it you so gotta get good. somebody who can figure out like who can reverse engineer the scent probably somebody could mm-hmm. i bet somebody could i bet somebody has i'm sure i could find a dupe for it that's a good call I'll find it someday. But regardless, <laughs> this is bonus content. <laughs> I was going to say, don't cut any of this. Not a word. <laughs> okay, then. I think that'll do it for this most auspicious episode. And come with me now over to the poll zone. Now, you saved up those box tops, and most of you sent in for some fun accessories for your Gary. That was the highest <laughs> amount of votes. Uh, anti-eavesdropping ring, though, was a pretty close second. And, you know, I think these are both great choices. All of them are great choices. But this way, you know, you can keep your Gary fashionable and you can continue to trust no one. So fashion and paranoia go hand in hand. Hand in hand. All right. Now it's time. What dorm room dinner are you making for your roomies? We'll have that poll up over on our Twitter at Romancing Zone. And we will see everybody back here for our assignment and go see some centaurs in two weeks. Till then, again, take care of yourselves and thank you for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Hashtag blaze it. Oh, I was just going to say <laughs>